people don't talk about infertility. It's it's a stigma. It's taboo. No one talks about it because people don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know what how to act. And um, this is like, let's talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. We wrote about it. We're honest about it. So everyone, speak up and let's talk about infertility. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And on this episode, Ryan and I talk about a subject that is really out of our wheelhouse, infertility. And we sat down with Tia and Daniela, authors of The Infertility Doula, which their book drops June 8th, which can be pre-ordered on Amazon or through their website at infertilitydoula.com. And Tia and Daniela um, really epitomize the core values of Finding Fire, and that's they are pursuing their passion and helping others in a topic that is really difficult for a lot of people to talk about. And we talk about some of those stigmas here in this episode along with their own personal journeys with infertility. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Why don't, why don't you start off by letting us know what an infertility doula is. You want, to, want me to go, Daniela? <laughs> so I feel like our, our publisher kind of invented our name, the infertility doula, when we were in the process of brainstorming about our book, um, writing things down, you know, trying to figure out what direction we wanted to go in. She was like, let's call it the infertility fertility doula because um, women have doulas, birthing doulas for their pregnancy, maybe even prior to their pregnancy, um, the birth process, you know, going through delivery, labor and delivery, and then the postpartum process. Well, they're that emotional support and, you know, they're giving information, they're teaching, they're educating, they're there. And it's like, why can't you have that for fertility? Because in order to even get a birthing doula, you have to get pregnant first. So um, that's how we came up with the infertility doula. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how the title came about. But we did know that there were infertility doulas because I had, like, I had, you know, done research in the past. So I'm like, oh, there is such a thing as an infertility doula. And then, you know, you go on and you go on and then... The, the publisher was like, why don't you like name your book, The Infertility Doula, because it really is helping help, you know, to help you're guiding people through their infertility journey. And so then we're like, hmm, infertility journey book, but then what? Right. So then what are we going to do after this book is out? And, you know, Tia and I, you know, um, short of getting certification for being an infertility doula and there is certification out there i have 17 years of personal experience right i have the experiential piece of being a doula and so does tia um and so we're like that's totally what we're gonna do um um post book is to get that business going mm-hmm. awesome yep so we're trying to cre- we're trying to create that so that people in our community are anywhere really because you can do anything obviously now um like over zoom 
I mean, you can sit and just have a conversation with someone, look at them face to face from anywhere and help them out. So, I mean, we want it to go everywhere, but, you know, starting first in Minnesota, I guess. Right, Daniela? Well, Daniela's in the cities and I'm up here. So we're trying to, we got to make that work. I figure that out unless she quits her job. (laughs) Moves back to Duluth. Comes back up here. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe in a few years. No. Oh, oh come on. My, uh, for mm-hmm. I decided to write a book. Did you guys brainstorm any other ideas of how to get kind of the word out, your passion out about this, um, your experience out about this? Yeah. So Tia actually started um, writing some articles for some magazines back. Was it 20 around the same time he started your blog, Cry Pretty? Was it 2018 along the time? Yeah. I had yeah. been thinking about doing a book for a while. I just didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just started with something small because you know, it's kind of a big decision. And I, I'm like, I don't know if I can write a book. And so I, I started submitting a couple articles to some different magazines. And um, one of the girls that I graduated with from Duluth East actually is a co-founder of a publishing company in Minneapolis. It's called Wising. So I got in touch with her and um, we kind of worked it out through there. She was like, absolutely. You guys can, you can write a book. Well, it was just me at first. And then I reached out to Daniela because I was like, I can't do this by myself. I need someone. And like she said, she's got 17 years worth of, you know, infertility experience. So I was like, I need to write a book. I need to do something to help other people with this because it's an awful thing to go through. Will you do it with me? And she was like, absolutely. I've wanted to always write a book. So it's kind of how we got the whole process started. Yeah. Got it. Cool. So with, with the book, what, what would somebody maybe who is experiencing infertility and they were walking down the aisle and they saw your book, what would they, what would they gain from picking it up off the shelf and purchasing it? Um, what, what we keep saying, you know, a theme of what we say when we talk to folks is that the book will ensure that the person reading it doesn't feel like they're in this alone uh, because trickled in the book. So we have questions in the book, like what is infertility or what's male factor or what does baby dancing mean? Right. And so we answer the questions all throughout the book. And at the same time, we have personal stories trickled in there. So it's Tia's personal experience with a certain thing, my personal experience, and then others who have contributed to the book on polycystic ovarian syndrome or, um, you know, um, being biologically, like a biologically female couple. So what it means to have children when you are a lesbian couple, for example. So it's everything from how do I even find a doctor? What questions should I ask? What blood tests should I take? Or, you know, should I have done? What tests will I have? What kind of procedures are there to, okay, I'm in the middle of this now. What other options do I have to okay, I'm done with IVF. I think I might need to move on to something else. So what, you know, um, information on adoption, foster care, and, you know, ultimately if somebody has to make the decision to live child-free, what does that look like? 
So you, it sounds like. A lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it took us three years to write it. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> we were never done. We Forever. always thought, oh, what about this? Oh, yeah. what about, this? oh, we forgot about that. We should really add this. So it's like nonstop. <laughs> I could imagine that would be one of the, the challenges of writing this book, right? Is just yeah. You know, what what angles do we go at? And like you said, you covered like right when somebody finds out and then after that, okay, what are my options? And then everything in between. Yeah. 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 And it was really nice working with a publishing company because I mean, they help you through all the different stuff. Like there's literally someone for everything. Like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to format it? How are we going to, and we would get assignments all the time and it was really helpful I, I would have had no idea how to do it otherwise yeah it may no cost idea. a little extra to have a publisher walk you through every step but it's worth it in the end yeah. <laughs> you have good product <laughs> right i'd imagine yeah. like <clears throat> with with a topic like this and being in the healthcare industry like things are changing all the time right yeah yeah. I mean, we've, we even like from when we started writing it to now, I know there are a couple of stats that we wanted to update so that it wasn't old. Cause when we print this, you know, mm -hmm. it's 2021 and we had some dates, maybe even 17, 18 that we updated to like as recent as we could. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, things change all the time. Um, you know, people talk about um, testing embryos, for example. And before the big thing was, oh, if you get your embryo tested and it's abnormal, then, you know, you shouldn't transfer that embryo. And now there's data coming out, well, where it only might be abnormal on one side. So should you really discard that embryo? Because it could naturally fix itself. I mean, it's just nonstop so much information. And so imagine yourself going into this knowing nothing and then um, having to go into the world wide web. And there's just so much information where people can get lost. So I think having someone like Tia and myself to be able to like coach them through their diagnosis and what they're going through. Um, and we have connections to tons of different people and uh, groups and organizations where it would be easy for us to do that heavy lifting for them and for them to just get that information versus on top of their diagnosis and on top of learning the basics of infertility to then get, you know, deep dive into stuff that I've learned in 17 years. And I wish I knew 17 years ago, right? So they're kind of like getting all the information up front so that they are not skipping a beat. And not having to like dig down deep and research this information. Yeah, that's really cool. I like, I'm just thinking how cool it'd be to, you know, partner with hospitals or different clinics. And, you know, instead of getting a brochure yeah. or a flyer about infertility, it's yeah. two of you read this book. Or, yeah. you know, real life. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on that's, the head. That's like, what we're I, trying to do. I would love that we would love to be extensions of like Northland OB or mm -hmm. Essentia's OB clinic, or even down here, the, um, the reproductive clinics, because they have time to do what they're doing, right? They have, you know, they have the nurses and the clinicians and the re reproductive endocrinologists and all of that. But do they have folks that, that have the time to, you know, deep dive and really go through things like this um, with them. I know uh, a clinic in New York started what they call the fertile spirit, which is basically adding that piece to their entire program, which 
folks will pay for, you know, through their package where they can add this as an add-on. And we would love to be that add-on to clinics and, um, you know, any organization that feels that they need it. Um, we feel they need it, of course, but um, they would see like how, like a val- how much of a value add we would really be to their team, I think. Yeah, I think it's that that other other side of the conversation, right? It's when you're leaving the clinic or the hospital, you're having the, I guess, the the diagnosis and options talk. But when they go home and they're talking to their significant other or their family, it's like the the real life conversations and the more um, sentimental conversations, I guess, that I can, yeah, see the two of you really stepping in and helping. Tia always says it really well. And Tia, you can step in here like, um, when you finally decided to reach out to me, like how you felt after your first like group meeting. After which meeting? The support group meeting, the first one, after the first one, like how you felt when, oh. you finally, <laughs> when you finally reached out and you're like, there are people like me out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god we've been through so many different meetings in the past <laughs> couple of years trying to build all of this it's just been so much work so much so many meetings and everything god um yeah i mean i i met daniela through a support group that she had formed in the community in the she was living in duluth at the time um so that was really awesome to have. And I had no idea really. I had to um, search. I'm like, is there any support groups in the Duluth area that I can um, go with? Because my husband has a biological child with his ex-wife. So he doesn't really understand, um, you know, here he has a child and I don't, and I couldn't, and um, I'm infertile. So I was like, I need people who are like me so that I can try and navigate this. And uh, um, another reason why I felt like I needed to write a book was because I would sit up all the time Googling and like spending all this energy on trying to figure stuff out by myself. And it's nice to have that group of people for support. And it just makes you feel like oh I'm not in this alone like there are people just like me and so that's another reason we wanted to get this book out into the community and and all over because people are going to be able to really connect with us because they're just like us and they need that people don't talk about infertility it's it's a stigma. It's taboo. No one talks about it because people don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know what, how to act. And um, this is like, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We wrote about it. We're honest about it. So everyone speak up and let's talk about infertility. So it's just one of the main reasons we wrote this book and we're starting this journey to help people and so yeah. it's, it's exciting, really, because we're actually finally just let's talk about it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the things that you just mentioned um, is interesting. And without spoiling all the secrets from the book, but you had mentioned that there's like a stigma yeah. behind it. Right. Um, and a lot of people yeah. deal with this. Can you talk about that stigma with infertility and like maybe for even us? 
talk about what are some things that, you know, maybe we shouldn't say to somebody that we know who's dealing with infertility. And some- Which is also in the book, but yeah. Um, some of the things I think listening is huge. It's just, just listen instead of just opening your mouth. And I think even like people have nervous reactions where it's, they just kind of like word vomit everywhere. And you're just like, did you really just say that? Like I'm going through this horrific thing and you just said this to me. Um, I would get the one, I would get all the time. Well, why don't you just adopt? And I would always be like in my head because I don't want to be rude, but I'd always be like, well, why don't you just give me $50,000 and then I can go adopt. <laughs> you know, it's just, one of those things where it's like people don't intentionally yeah. try and be cruel. It's not intentional, but when you're going through something like infertility, when people tell you, well, exercise more, drink more water, um, eat relax, less eat less like all these things. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like you just don't understand. Like, no, you Thank you for the advice, but yeah, no. I don't, um, you know, I, I joke all the time. And I said, I say, if someone told me that um, standing on one foot with my finger on my nose and jumping around or hanging from a fan or whatever it might be would help, I do it, you know, right? Like, you know, um, you would, you do anything that you can. So when folks are like, well, do you even have sex enough? I'm like, no, I don't. I know. I don't know how to have sex. I don't know that that's a big part of this. Like, I, I have no idea. Wow. Why don't you tell me all about it? Because I, I just want to choke you, uh, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's ill intention at all, like Tia was saying. But sometimes, like, even, even when somebody gets pregnant and they've been going through infertility for a long time and people are like, congratulations, you're like, Thanks. Cause they're so, they have PTSD from, you know, miscarriages before whatever it might be. So not that you shouldn't say congrats. Right. But, um, it's, there's just so many different like interwoven pieces that happen that, um, I think one of the, other than someone asking me if I have sex enough, um, another thing was like, I miscarried, um, at nine weeks, um, not, you know, in the, at the end of 2019. And they're like, well, at least you miscarried when, when you were only nine weeks along and when you weren't like 20 weeks. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, great. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least I was nine weeks and not 20 weeks. Right. But, you know, after so long, you get numb to all of it, I think. Um, but there are points where you've had enough of those comments and you'll, you might, might snap and react in a way you don't want to, but we're here to help people through those things so that they can cope and they, you know, can talk through it um, or just ignore and, you know, kind of create boundaries for those people that they know trigger some, some bad things. Yeah. I, I think that that's there we go. Really good to hear. Um, you know, me and Ryan, we were sitting when we first, you guys first reached out, we were like, well, this is going to be really interesting. It's kind of out of our, our field. We don't know a lot about it, but 
the one thing that we had in common is we each know several different couples that are are dealing with this mm-hmm. and you know that feeling that you had mentioned to you like oh i'm i'm not the only one right like mm-hmm. i think it's a it's a much mm-hmm. bigger prevalent mm-hmm. thing that happens that just nobody nobody talks about it right yeah like i think it's really cool that you guys mm-hmm. are in this book in it well, yeah it opens up the opportunity to have conversation about it. Yeah. And it's hard for guys too. Like we were, my husband and I are dealing with male factor and fertility. And when do you see a guy going down the street saying, I have low sperm, you know, like, you know, like it doesn't happen, right. They're not announcing to the world that, Hey guys, I have low sperm. I might not be able to have a kid. So, you know, look at me, Um, you know, close friends. Sure. But for them to easily talk about it, it's rough. And, you know, even for uh, Tia's husband um, to be able to go to another guy and say, Hey, you know, my, you know, my wife and I are going through X and it's been hard and she's dealing with this. Like it's not really talk, you know, the guys don't really open up that easily. Um, So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, It's almost on the other side of that too, is when you know, somebody's, in that situation, like, when do you bring it up or do you, and I'm sure it's yeah. you or yeah. you them to bring it up or you kind of mentioned it, Danielle, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear or this and that, but I'm sure there's a lot of information in the book that you give about that, but that's. Yeah. I, I think our go-to with the, and answering that question, because I've gotten that a lot where like, when do you want me to talk about it with you? And I say, let the person bring it up. That's like, like, especially yeah. with law. For example, like acknowledge, you know, acknowledge that you heard them and that you're listening and that you're there for them, but, you know, let them bring it up when they're comfortable, Mm -hmm. I guess. Unless you're that friend, that like close friend, like let's say you two, if you guys were struggling through stuff, I'm sure you'd like, I'd go and bother my friend because, hey, I have 17 years of experience and you're going to listen to me, right? But um, that's me, you know, that's me, but... (laughs) Well, I'm going to circle back a little bit to the moment you guys decided to write a book. Um, You know, you both have had personal experiences with infertility. Can you talk about making the decision to, well, pursue writing a book about it? And then also, um, we had talked a little bit about you guys being advocates and coaching other individuals. Can you talk about taking that leap? From, from the state? Yeah. Um, I guess my, my, when we were talking about, well, when I was thinking about talking or sorry, when I was thinking about writing this book, my fertility journey was actually over. Um, so it was pretty much I'm going through the grief process and how, what am I going to do now? Like, what is my purpose? I'm obviously not going to have a biological child. What do I do next? And I just kind of had this like tugging feeling at me, like write a book, write a book, help others, you know, serve, use your grief and serve other people and help them. And then I reached out to Daniela when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dedicate myself to this. This is going to be my passion since I can't have a baby. And then I reached out to Daniela and she was, she was on board right away. I I didn't even have to convince her. So that was kind of nice, but, um, 
and then I mean, it was in the beginning, it was just, we're going to write a book. And then it kind of evolved into, well, now that we've written this book and we have all this information and all these stories and well, how, how else can we help? How can we go beyond the book and make this into a service for other people? How can we advocate for other people? How can we empower other people and be there for other people, support other people? And we were like, we can probably do some consulting. We can probably coach and we can provide services and make it into like a business, into a business where we're here for other people so that they don't feel alone. No one has to suffer in silence. Um, it's kind of like we're just taking a stand and going for it and we want to help other people and we're here to do that. Yeah, and and where I was totally like, yeah, let's do this. And why is because I had thought years before that regardless of what which side of the aisle or which side of the path I end up on in the end, I wanted to write about it because I didn't want those in my shoes to have to go through everything I went through, um, you know, to find information um, and to, you know, go years and years feeling that I was alone because like my husband and I were really like the only couple in our family that was going through it, it seemed like everyone else were, were like popping babies out like nothing. And then there we are, the, the happy aunt and uncle over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. Um, so when Tia came to me and, and asked about it, I'm like, let's do it. And then she had a friend at the publishing company. I'm like, all right, cool. And then we just kind of went through all of the motions and you just go into this brainstorming of crazy ideas and, you know, so much more than like this, like this is our printed proof copy. Um, this thing is heavy and, and there's a lot of pages in it to which I thought maybe our book would be like this big, you never, you know what I mean? So to actually have this physical thing printed off that her and I have worked our butts off over the last few years now we have all this motivation, like, all right, now what? What do we do next? Because we have all this information in this book. We have all this information in our head. And I've always been a, like, I started the support group in Duluth back in 2010. So that kind of tells you like the, the kind of person that I am and I want to be where it comes to advocacy and supporting others not to be alone through this. So we want to continue that momentum. You know, you had the support group. Now, you know, Tia had her blog and we have this book and now we want to become coaches to continue on the advocacy of infertility and people going through their different paths regardless of the path they're going on, because we have experience in many different areas um, to make sure that people don't have to go on the, you know, www, you know, they don't have to just Google these answers and be alone, that they can confide in us and we can be there alongside them holding their hand. Um, one example, a friend of mine is choosing to be a single mom by choice. And yesterday I took her to, an appointment um, because she had to have, you know, certain drugs for the appointment and she didn't have anyone in the area to take her. I took her. I would love to do that for, you know, women and men. Like if you have to go in an appointment, you don't have anybody to take you and you're going through, you know, through some yeah. IVF appointments. I can be that person for you. I would totally like, I would live 
live, live to be able to do something like that for people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, you know, so that kind of, that's kind of where we're, where we're headed down. (laughs) That's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This book is just a really good foundation of exactly what you're saying of so many different directions you could go to, to help individuals. Yeah. And in those small situations that maybe we don't think about a lot is, is that drive to the clinic or the drive to the appointment. And, you know, you have those, again, those just real conversations before you you're inside the walls of the clinics where it might feel a little bit different than when you're outside those walls at home or in the car and driving and talking, having that. Yeah. yeah. And her appointment didn't go well. Her test couldn't be completed. Mm. And, you know, where she would have driven home alone, she had me to, to have, you know, I was listening to her basically the entire way home and talking to her about what happened and why and her feelings and how she went through that. And I checked in on her uh, throughout the rest of the night. You know, I had, you know, messaged her and said, Hey, how are you doing? You know? And yeah, I, I love it. Like doing that 24 hours a day would like totally surpass corporate America eight hours plus a day. (laughs) Like I would, I would sign up for 24 seven infertility doula care anytime. (laughs) Build your soul. Yeah. Yeah. How would, so you guys decided to write the book and I'm going to ask you a question. How was it being co-authors and what do you think the biggest challenge during writing this was? Sorry, my connection just keeps sucking. No worries. Can you hear me? We can hear you. I was just texting my husband, like, come fix this. Anyway, sorry. Um, I think the biggest challenge was we don't live in the same city anymore. So, well, our publisher is in Minneapolis. Daniela is in St. Paul, and I am in Duluth. So, you know, anytime, well, and then COVID happened. So I didn't have to drive down to the publisher's office as often. We did a lot of over the phone meetings and Zoom and whatnot. I think that was probably the biggest challenge is we're trying to write this book together, but we're not together in the same place. So it's hard. um, hard. I I think T and I were, I think it all worked out so well because she is like, da, 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 da. like we need to get this done. I'm the anxious like, one. Like I'm the anxious I'm one. Like, yeah. And I'm like, relax. We got this. Don't worry. So like, she kept it here. I kept it here. We met in the middle. You know. Yeah. Um. So it worked out. But you have, you know, you hear about disasters where somebody did their piece, and then the other person's supposed to do their piece, and then they don't. They're either crickets for yeah. months. That never happened between us. Like we have, I, I swear we've sent a text to each other or messenger, like Facebook, like probably every, almost every day for the past three years. I don't think there's been like a day we haven't talked yeah. to each other. So, mm-hmm. um, so we went from knowing one another and friends to like friends, co-authors, yeah. like business, business partners, yeah. 
sister, sisters. IVF, you know, like fertility sisters, like all of it. Um, and it's been wonder, it's been a wonderful experience. So we have a great, thank God we came out on the side of, we had an amazing yeah. experience despite COVID, despite everything that happened. Would I have loved to like, Hey, let's just meet down the block or let, let's meet at yellow bike in, in Hermantown and let's go right, you know, go through this thing and, you know, highlight all of this stuff together, sitting down, having a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't do that. Um, and I really wish we could have more, but um, I know once we get the physical books in our hand, we are going to meet together to s- at least sign them together. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, once we do the release and all that, we'll be together more. Um, but yeah, that's the only part is being able to like, you know, back when you had study groups in college where you to just get together, I'm sure like, look at you two, you're sitting right next to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for us to be able to hop on a Zoom call together would have, would be great. Yeah, yeah, totally. So when is the release date for this book? Due to unforeseen circumstances, <laughs> due to COVID and uh, delays in paper being, um, the demand yeah. for being oh, yeah. so high and supply being like a shortage high. shortage of paper or something it is so we're in it we're in the queue it's, like in the queue to be printed but um with based on their backlog um we were supposed to have it out next week it was like we were supposed to have our printed copies like around next week but it looks like mid-may at this point that we'll have physical copies but we are getting a digital copy ready t- for those who pre-ordered the book uh, we are going to be sending them a digital copy of the book um, and we'll have a digital copy available to buy one day of course too um, but then mid-may is when we're going to get um, our physical copies we're going to sign them for those that pre-ordered order get those orders out and then uh, book our release date on getting it like in distribution with like amazon or hopefully barnes and noble or local bookstores in duluth and here in the twin cities okay isn't it amazing the items that are out Mm -hmm. of stock or like just cannot be found price of wood yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. price of wood actually yeah yeah. (laughs) we were gonna build a deck this summer yeah. No. Nope. No. Nope. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I, was, I, was, nope. I can't. I can't afford it. <laughs> there's there's some free wood on Marketplace. I saw some cedar the other day. <laughs> so, I I have one more question for you guys. Yeah. Until uh, I think of another one. But what would each of you say is your superpower? It's that one thing that makes you guys super successful. Um, I think one of my superpowers, as I have many, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Besides being just humble. Um, Too many. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's more um, being able to relate to and um, people feeling comfortable with me, no matter, you know, who they are, where they've come from and all of that. I, I seem to get along with, um, you know, everyone I meet. Um and they end up liking me at the end, whether they like me in the beginning or not. They 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 find that that place with me, and I feel that I can connect with almost anyone um, that I they encounter. So, and Tia, I would say my superpower is it like a superpower that I think I have, or that I want, or both? 
about that? Both. Okay. Well, what I think I have, um, let's see. I think I have uh, probably a lot of strength, I would say, and, and courage just because of everything I've gone through. Um, I, I'm still standing on, I'm standing on the other side and, you know, we wrote a book and we're going to continue on trying to help other people, even though, you know, we both, we're, we don't have babies. And usually the books that you do read are happy endings where they're like, this is what I did to get pregnant. And now I have five babies. And it's like, well, with us and our story, well, we still don't have babies. So we're, we're still, we're still going strong. The superpower I wish I had is like support groups always talk about baby dust. It's like, I'm going to sprinkle you like Tinkerbell, like with dust. And then you're, you're going to get pregnant. So I wish I really, I mean, just think of the people that would come to me. I would be so successful. I would just put my baby dust on them and and they would all get pregnant and it would just, it would be just easy. So that's what I wish I could do maybe someday, but maybe we want to do. We can patent that dust. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe we could just make some dust, but it's not not guaranteed to do anything. It's just for fun. (laughs) But it might. So you should buy it from $5.99 and buy it. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, um, one piece of advice for from each of you that you could give our listeners um, really just about like pursuing their passion. If somebody's on the, just kind of on the brink of like, you know, if they're on their nine to five and they're super comfortable, but they really want to follow their passion, but they're afraid to. Like, what is one piece of advice you could give our listeners just to give them that little nudge? I, you know, I work Monday through Friday, sometimes the weekends, long hours. And, you know, thinking about writing a book was super exciting in the beginning. And it, and it is exciting, but I do have a full-time job and, you know, writing the book is not, not full-time. It's a lot of work too, but despite all of that, I would I would do what I did again. Um, I have no regrets and don't going forward, but do it. Um, If you're hemming and hawing about moving forward with following your passion, I would say, you know, turning 40 years old, I like now see, I know it's like cliche or whatever, but um, I realize now how important it is to follow your passion and to do what you love to do because it just makes things so much better in your life. Um, Hating your job, and and staying in that job is not what we, you know, not what we want to do. So until you follow your passion and go through with it, you'll never know, right? And life's all about learning and experiences. So I say, go for it. Don't think about it twice. And you'll have a support group, you know, behind you. um, And you will be surprised at how many people are there for you and have your back that you never thought would. Um, and that would be so excited for you and, and want to help you along the way. So do it. Yeah. Now me. Yep. <laughs> it, um, uh, let's see here. I think time and patience is really important. I am not a patient person. I like instant 
Oh, I see Lux. I see Lux. He's very impatient. So you guys, it's, you guys are like us. Happy with one of you. <laughs> one of you's passive, and one of you is anxious. Yep. Um, I sure I wanted it all to be done like yesterday, um, but we just kept going. Keep going. I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do any of it without the support of my husband. I actually, when COVID happened, um, my job was done. So, and I, I haven't been, I haven't been working for a year. So I actually had, I don't, I think it was a blessing in disguise because I got to focus on this new endeavor and yeah. um, try and help Daniela because she's, she's still going at it. And, you know, I could pick up the, not necessarily the slack, but I, you know, I'm like, I can do this. You don't have to worry about it. Like it just made us such a good team. Like, we have each other's back yeah. and just have to have that patience. And I, I mean, it we took us three years to write this book and I didn't think it would take that long either. And so it's just, I'm just super excited for what's next. Uh, so it's, it's hard to wait, but I think it's going to be a, a good thing. And like Daniela said, I think the best thing is just go for it. Like life is too short, like do the things you want to do. And if you mm -hmm. have the right support, then if I didn't, if I didn't have my support system, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been possible. So mm -hmm. definitely just do it. Yeah. And T is now a graphic designer through this process. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I would. Yeah, so I wish I was. <laughs> right? Like, she's yeah. a graphic designer. I'm the accountant. You know, all those fun things. <laughs> My husband's gotten into, uh, like, digital advertising. So that's, and I'm sort of helping him. I'm more of his support system. Yeah. And so, you know, so like you guys are marketing. Well, sure. Why don't you team up with my husband then and get going on that? Like he works not in IT, but he works in healthcare and he um, builds medical health records. So he's oh. got a, a really good job, but he's also trying to build this other thing on the side so that he can maybe someday be done with his nine to five job remote work at home. Um, he's got a really good, he's got a really good gig and do, you know, he's been doing some of that on the side. So sometimes, you know, you have to kind of, you can't, you got to do both, which can be hard, but if you stick with it and just like, I can do this, even when it gets hard, like nobody likes to do their nine to five job. And then like at night, Danielle would, would have to Okay, now I got to spend a couple hours on the book after you've just worked all day. So it, it can be hot, tough for sure. But if you just like look at where we are now, she's happy that and I was working still when, when we were in the first couple of years of writing the book. So you just take the time whenever you have the time and, and just do it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So speaking of um, the support groups, can people get in a hold of you right now or uh, if they have any questions? Or yeah, just yeah. We, um, we have a website. So it's www.theinfertilitydoula.com. And we have links to our social media, um, like to Facebook or the Infertility Doula on Facebook, the Infertility Doula on Instagram. Um, and they can pre-order our book still online because uh, we're still doing pre-orders. But yeah, they can get a hold of us that way. Mm -hmm. 
Great. Awesome. All right. I have a bonus question. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess my question is going to be, and you guys have probably already answered this to some degree. Um, first part is if somebody is dealing with infertility today and they feel like they are alone in their struggles and they come across this episode and hear this, what is one piece of advice or what's the, what's their next step? What should they go and do? Email us. Connect connect with us on social media. Talk to Um, us. Yeah. But, um, you know, other than connecting with us, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a, you know, in Duluth or if you're in another state, um, a really good resource also is uh, Resolve. Um, So resolve.org. And that's where you can get in touch with like people that have local support groups. I believe many of them are um, online these days due to COVID, but, um, you know, regardless of what state you're in, you can hop in there and check out different support groups that are out there. Um, But really, um, you know, just get a hold of us and we can navigate you through all of that as well. Um, And yeah, we'll be there to help with whatever you need. And maybe for those that... I just think it's super important. Go ahead. I think it's super important that you know, just that you know, you don't have to suffer in silence. Reach out to somebody. You're not alone. Just remember that there is someone to connect with. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please subscribe and follow us at Finding Fire Podcast. And if you could leave us a review, we'd appreciate it. Have a great day.